We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is January 23rd, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke. Happy Jonathan Isaac Day. I, I Last week, I thought that it was Jonathan Isaac Day because he came back with Lakeland. Or was that two weeks ago? Don't remember. But, uh, but now, officially, happy Jonathan Isaac Day. It is here. The moment we have all waited for. As you are listening to this, getting ready to watch the Magic take on the Boston Celtics tonight in Orlando. Tonight should be, by all accounts, the night that Jonathan Isaac makes his return to the Orlando Magic. Very fitting that it is going to be at home, at Amway. He's, I'm guessing, not going to be in the starting lineup. Uh, I'm guessing he's not going to be probably the first guy off the bench. But when he checks in, and we know Jamal Mosley is very good about when a guy comes back like this, making sure that they check in at a dead ball so that they can get their moment, Jonathan Isaac is going to get his moment at Amway tonight, and it is going to be it's going to be a very special night. I have some work stuff going on. I'm heartbroken. There's a really good chance that I won't be able to be there. If I can be there, I will be there. I wouldn't miss it for anything. It's it's been a it's been a super long time, Luke. It's been Kobe Price tweeted it out earlier. I forget yeah, how many days it's, it's been. I, I've got it. So it's nine hundred and four days. Um, is the amount of time. This is Kobe's tweet. That's the amount of time between Jonathan Isaac's last game on August second, twenty twenty, and his expected return to the Orlando Magic tomorrow versus Celtics. More so, he also explained in a he quote tweeted his tweet and said, "Also tomorrow will mark." 1,120 days since Jonathan Isaac has played at the Amway Center. And then he adds, should be an electric atmosphere. So for those of you that might have been on Twitter Sunday and saw, we tweeted out a clip from Jump Ministries Global Church's live stream of their Sunday morning service. We got a tip from a listener, a follower on Twitter that said, hey, I was just watching this and the pastor mentioned that Jonathan Isaac is completely healed and is going to be playing Monday against the Boston Celtics. So we immediately went to the live stream, played it back, confirmed it, clipped it, put it to YouTube, to Twitter, excuse me, not to YouTube. And then it just exploded. I think as we're recording this right after 8.30 Sunday night, it's got over half a million views that tweet, Mm -hmm. which is just crazy. And then shortly thereafter, like Kobe Price was able to confirm it you know, from his sources and tweeted it. Shams Charania, same thing, confirmed it with the you know, team source, I believe, and, and then tweeted it. And just to see it everywhere and to see people's reaction to it is really just crazy. The, the, the quote that I keep seeing over and over again is like, this has to be the first time a pastor has broken <laughs> like major NBA news. And it's a first for me. That is for sure. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's 
it seemed like it was never going to happen. And Luke, we are on the brink of Jonathan Isaac returning tonight. This is a joke that has been played out on our show. It wasn't a joke from the people that said it. It's a joke from us. It's just amazing. And I'll say it one last time here that Jonathan Isaac couldn't walk. And now he is returning to the Amway Center after 1120 days. And he's going to play. He plays basketball tonight. So for those of you who really switched up on Jonathan Isaac after everything that's happened outside of basketball, the fact that he hadn't played in so long. Listen, a lot of people, thankfully, have come out and just said, like, you know, I, I did say that he would never play again. He should just retire, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people are retracting and publicly, which is nice to see. People are like, admittedly, you know, yes, that was me. I'm very glad to be wrong. But um, but yeah, it's just a little sweeter now that now that that's the case, that he is coming back and is going to play again. I, I really hope that those in attendance let Jonathan Isaac know just how much we've missed his presence on the basketball floor. I can't wait whether I'm there at Amwix. I know the crowd is just going to go crazy or if I'm you know here at home, you know, watching on on TV. I, I just can't wait for it. I know it's going to be super special. Going to be a lot, very emotional, a lot of goosebumps. Um, a lot of nerves. A lot of nerves. A lot of nerves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been watching him play in the G League, and it's just like every time he moves, you're just mm-hmm. like, please don't hurt yourself. <laughs> please don't get hurt. Like, please just stay mm-hmm. healthy. And it's going to take a while, I think. And understandably and, and reasonably so, the kid hasn't played you know basketball in like over 900 days. So... Yeah. It's going to take a while for that feeling to wear off. I think it's going to take at least a season. I think uh, of him, you know, being healthy and, and not missing a ton of time until we're like, okay, like we can we can kind of calm down and and just enjoy watching the kid play. And was watching, you know, highlights from right before he got hurt, you know, in in 2020 before we started recording this, and just started to get super, super, super excited. Now he has added a little bit of weight, you know, since then. You can tell he's filled out a little bit more. Um, He's not moving like watching those clips. It's like, okay, he's not moving quite like that yet, but he's not that far off. He's not as far off as you would think for a guy with a major knee injury, a major hamstring injury, and then missing 904 days. So it's super encouraging to see him out there embracing physicality, cutting, jumping, running, defending, all of that stuff. It's just so great to see Jonathan Isaac playing basketball again. And it's exciting for the magic, you know, the, the meme, it's an exciting day for the Orlando magic or whatever, but this really is because if Jonathan Isaac is 80% of what he was, which like movement wise, I would say he's probably somewhere between like 80 to 90% moving the way that he was before. And he's still, it's still an active recovery. You know, they say once you've come back from an ACL, it's like a whole nother year until you're like really a hundred percent. And that's his confidence. That's that's a piece of this that maybe we haven't talked about enough. It's like he has to learn to trust his body again, trust that he can do certain things again. And the more that that increases and he just becomes more comfortable on the floor and the the instincts and the start to come back and the rust becomes, you know, uh, starts to get knocked off, he's just going to continue to improve. So everyone as as JI comes back tonight, temper your expectations. Like he looked good in the G League. The NBA is a completely different animal. It's a it's a massive step up in, in competition. So don't worry so much about how he looks on the floor tonight. The main thing for Jonathan Isaac for the rest of the season is to improve, but to stay healthy, Luke. Yeah, and, and improve in one of those areas is just like the minutes played. I don't know what this looks like as far as you know how they will handle minute restrictions throughout the season. We've talked about it, but it's... You know, I'm sure that he doesn't play back-to-backs this year, but we will see. The Magic would love to have him in back-to-backs given the play that they have had this season on those occasions. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see how his minutes ramp up. Uh, it would nice be nice to see him ramp up quickly in conditioning with his minutes since he's been in the G League and things like that. But uh, what are your expectations for minutes tonight? I think he plays 10 minutes. That would be my guess. Like Jalen Suggs came back. It was like five minutes. And then the next game he was playing like 15 or 20, whatever it was. 
I don't know that we ever got the full story on why he only played five minutes in that first game back. I think 10 minutes is appropriate. He's been playing. Let's see. I have it here. He's been playing 17.7 minutes per game in the G League. So I think 10 minutes his first game back is probably appropriate. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm leaning as well. Um, I think I don't remember who we were talking to or what it was earlier, but I, that was my my guess as well that I floated out there. Anything above that, I'm welcome. Like I'm, I'm open to being surprised. If he gets 15, 20 minutes would be a miracle. I don't, I don't think that that don't happens think so. at all. So because you want to make sure that he's yes playing minutes, but also that he's able to contribute. Because the Magic are in a weird spot where we know they're trying to develop talent with like a secondary emphasis on winning games, and so it's just a, a weird spot to be in. But I, I would love to see J.I. play, hit that 10-minute mark, maybe eclipse it a little bit. We'll see. But I'm I'm hopeful that you know we'll get answers tomorrow at media availability from Mosley. I know he's obviously going to be out there like giving effort. That is one thing you've never had to question about Jonathan Isaac on the floor. But if it's if it's 10 minutes, like they tell him, look, it's going to be a hard 10 minutes. I want to see all out Jonathan Isaac for 10 minutes. I want to nice. see him like not like easing kind of into things like that's what the G League was for. He's playing 10 minutes. I want all like I want all out for 10 minutes. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. And then, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks, you know, we probably should see him get close to 15, 20 minutes. And my guess is at some point this season, he's going to be capped out around like 20, 25 minutes at the absolute most. Yeah. With that restriction of back to backs, which more than happy with that. But yeah, I just want to see him, you know, be able to play those high minutes, high volume minutes, but also, you know, produce as well. But, you know, like you said, ultimately this is, this is about just him staying healthy, getting back into the rhythm of things. It's a it's a weird circumstance. Not every day that you have a player come back, you know, and who hasn't played in two and a half years. So we'll wait, we'll see, and uh, we'll find out tonight where he's at and and you know what his minutes will look like. So for those of you that might need a refresher or maybe weren't even following the Magic when Jonathan Isaac first got hurt, because it's it's been you know two and a half years now. I want to just give like kind of a, a recap of of everything that happened. So. In the the 2019-2020 season, Jonathan Isaac was was playing out of his mind. Uh, On a nightly basis, it was him and Anthony Davis that were kind of flipping back and forth in terms of leading the league in in, in blocks per game. I think Jonathan Isaac was also in like the top 15 in steals per game in the entire league, if I remember correctly. Like we were starting the campaign and, and clamoring for Jonathan Isaac to be a candidate for defensive player of the year. And he was on that kind of trajectory. Had he finished out the season the way that he had started, you know, those first, uh, you know, around 40 games, I believe it was that season, Luke, he would have finished as a defensive player of the year finalist. He would have ended up, you know, first all uh, defensive team, all that kind of stuff. Like the kid was on a meteoric rise in terms of defensive superstars in the NBA. And then on January 1st, so New Year's Day of 2020, the Magic are playing against the Wizards in Washington. Jonathan Isaac, on a fast break, is driving to the rim. Uh, Bradley Beal kind of steps in front of his way. Jonathan Isaac goes to kind of Euro step around Bradley Beal. Uh, they make contact. Uh, Jonathan Isaac's left knee hyperextends. He crumples to the floor in a lot of pain. Um, I believe was was wheelchaired off the floor. Uh, and we, we thought the worst. We thought it was an ACL. And then immediately after the game, like he's walking around, he's like, I, I don't think it's as bad as like we had originally thought. It seems just to be a hyper uh, extension. And then I believe he was going to be out six to eight weeks before the Magic were going to kind of reevaluate what was going on with J.I. at the time. And then uh, right around the time that you know, we were supposed to either get that update or maybe he was going to start to be kind of reintegrated into the lineup, it seemed like you know his recovery was uh, progressing to the point where he was about to come back. COVID hits, shuts down the NBA, shuts down the entire world. And then the NBA goes on hiatus for about four months. Uh, they're getting ready to, to ramp back up, you know, starting the the bubble at, at Disney uh, here in Florida. And uh, I believe the initial thing that we heard was that Jonathan Isaac wasn't going to be participating in the bubble. And then the night before the Magic's first exhibition game, because if you remember with the COVID restart, each team played like a handful of exhibition games to kind of get reacclimated to playing basketball, kind of get warmed up. 
before the games would start to count again. They were going to play a, a number of games. I think it was like nine or 10 to finish out the quote unquote regular season. And then the playoffs would start at that point. The night before the Magic's first exhibition game, we get news that Jonathan Isaac is going to play against the Denver Nuggets. He was coming back. Uh, Markel Fultz, who had missed uh, you know, the, the start of the, like the bubble practices and everything like that, we weren't sure if he was going to start the games. He played in this game as well. Him and Jonathan Isaac come in. I think the Magic went on like an 11 or 13 and nothing run almost immediately. They both looked incredible. Jonathan Isaac in that game in seven minutes scored 13 points, seven rebounds, one assist, two steals again in seven minutes. So those of you who have been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, if you have heard us refer to bubble Jonathan Isaac, that is the Jonathan Isaac that we refer to. Seven minutes, 13 points, seven rebounds, an assist, two steals, was hitting threes, taking guys off the dribble, hitting pull-up jumpers, uh, double clutch layups, like you name it, wreaking havoc defensively. This was a level of Jonathan Isaac's offensive game that we had never really seen to this point. And all of a sudden it was, if this is the Jonathan Isaac that we are getting, adding to his defensive player of the year capabilities and adding that to this playoff team that year in 2020, the Magic had a chance to make real noise. That's why you've heard people joke. You might've heard it on this podcast. When we talk about beating the Milwaukee Bucks in game one, and then the gentleman sweep, you lose the rest of the way. We talk about how if we had a healthy Aaron Gordon, a healthy Jonathan Isaac, a healthy, healthy Michael Carter-Williams, the Magic might have beaten the Bucks in that first-round playoff series, and I still hold true to that. I still think that is a legitimate possibility. However, a couple of games later, I think it was the, the third game back for J.I., the Magic are playing the Sacramento Kings. The Magic are up 114-86 to 86 with 9 minutes, 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Jonathan Isaac drives to the rim. Luke and I were, were live streaming during this game. He drives to the rim, little hop step, and immediately jumps up in the air, falls to the ground, holding that left knee that he had a massive brace on at the time. And I think it was the next day it was confirmed that Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL. And it was just completely devastating. It was devastating to the roster, to the to the coaching staff, to fans, like uh, you know, Magic fans, fans around the league, um, you know, because Jonathan Isaac was, was back and was looking like a very special player. And then starts the long rehab season. So that next COVID season was was shortened, uh, obviously due to the the season ending. I believe it was like in October, so they restarted in December. Uh, Jonathan Isaac basically immediately was ruled out that entire year. And then last year, the uh, 2021-2022 season, at the beginning of the year, Jonathan Isaac, I forget what podcast it was on, but he, I think it was Will Kane asked him, do you think you'll be back by Christmas? And Jonathan Isaac said, I think that is a reasonable projection. Wasn't back by Christmas, wasn't back by New Year's, wasn't back for the All-Star break. And then we were waiting and waiting and waiting, getting into March, uh, really the late part of March where we were just waiting like, all right, Markell has come back. Is Jonathan going to come back? And March 22nd, the day after Jeff Weltman, or I, I believe it was that day and we maybe it was an announcement that night. The, the, the report that we got during the day was that J.I. was still progressing through his rehab. There was no updates. He had no setbacks. Then that night, we get an announcement from the Magic that Jonathan Isaac suffered a hamstring injury was going to require a surgical procedure. So that was March 22nd, and that effectively ended his season. And then we spent the entire offseason talking about, is Jonathan Isaac going to be back for opening night? Is he going to be back for, for training camp? We didn't get any of that. A few weeks ago, we hear that he is now practicing with the Orlando Magic. Uh, and then what is today? Today's going to be the 23rd. So 12 days ago, on January 11th, uh, Jonathan Isaac started his rehab assignment in Lakeland with the Lakeland Magic, and in three games with the Lakeland Magic, Luke, averaging 17.7 minutes per game, 15.7 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, shooting 41% from the floor, and now he's back tonight. I think... What a and saga. Been, I know, and I, I think it's been said, obviously, on, on social media. I don't remember, probably one of us said this. The The mental strength it has taken him to get to this point is crazy i i i mean 
I don't think I would have absolutely, I absolutely would not have stayed the course if this was me just because it just, everything keeps happening, right? Like the, the, the negatives, it feels like there's no positives. You're finally making your way back. You think you're getting there and then the hamstring injury happens. And then you have to do a whole rehab again for another injury. And it's like, at what point does the normal person just say, I'm done? I think at that point I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this. You guys aren't aren't probably telling me much. I'm rehabbing this. I'm I'm done. And and so just regardless of what Jonathan Isaac is the rest of his career, I think this is what I will admire most. I, I don't think that it would be really anything else. I don't care what accolades he achieves. That sort of thing I, I'm going to admire most, his ability, his stick-to-itiveness to, to see this through. And so I know that tonight will be a very, very powerful moment for him uh, to be able to step onto the court again after so long. I'm ready to see it. I don't care what the stat line says. I don't care about the box score. It's just it's It's the night that Jonathan Isaac finally gets his shine and he gets his flowers for the long, long road that he endured. I, honestly, Luke, I don't think it can be put any any more perfect than the way that you just put it. I mean, and not to make light of like winning a title, but how many guys have we seen like win a title? Like, you know, 12, 15 guys every year win a title, right? Mm-hmm. But the amount of stuff that this kid has been through, like basketball like or extracurriculars aside, like just the injuries and like working back, rehabbing, getting hurt again, working back, getting hurt, rehabbing again, working your way yeah. all the way back, 904 days just to be able to do your job again, just to do something that you love again. Like mm-hmm. that, I don't, I don't know that I would have the, the strength, the resolve, the resiliency to be able to do that. And regardless of what he does, if he wins defensive player of the year, if he becomes an all-star, if he you know, wins an NBA title, whatever, this is probably like personally the most impressive thing that yeah. he will ever do is just staying the course all the way through this and making it back when we know there are hundreds and thousands of people that said he would never be able to do it, that he would never see the floor again. So credit to Jonathan Isaac, credit to the Orlando Magic for sticking by him. Obviously, they've made a very large um, you know, financial investment in Jonathan Isaac, and they want to see that through. And I just, I hope and I pray, I really, I, it's, it's funny that you talk about Jonathan Isaac. Anytime you talk about anything religious, it becomes like a big deal because it's Jonathan Isaac. But I pray that this kid can get back to the level that he was at before because it would just be, it'd be a fantastic story. Like if you are a fan of sports, forget about anything else that you think about Jonathan Isaac. If you are a fan of sports, this is an incredible comeback story. If this kid uh, can play at a high level again and, from what we've seen in the G League, it seems like he's going to be able to do that. Like we talked about when Markel Fultz came back last year, it didn't look like he missed a beat. Jonathan Isaac, his body has changed a little bit, so I don't I don't know if maybe the, the goal was like we're going to sacrifice a little bit of that speed and that agility to put muscle on and make you a little bit more durable. But if he is able to move like that still, um, like you can tell the defensive instincts are, are still there for him. So I just don't see him taking or having like this big drop off if he is, you know, 90% of the athlete that he was. And who knows, he might come back to be 100% of the athlete that he once was. Like Zach Levine tore his ACL, is still Zach Levine and does Zach Levine things. I'm not saying Jonathan Isaac is that level of an athlete, but I think the biggest question for us was like, is he ever going to play again? Because this amount of time that he missed is really unprecedented. Maybe you look at, you know, Clay Thompson. Um, Clay Thompson probably isn't the same athlete uh, that he once was, given he's a little bit older, you know, than, than Jonathan Isaac. He's got a lot more miles on those legs and on those knees than Jonathan Isaac. But it's not out of the question that this kid, it, I mean, three weeks ago, I had no idea. But what we've seen from the G League up to this point has made me so much more confident that perhaps he can return to that level again. And Luke, this is where I want to kind of end the Jonathan Isaac conversation here. He's not. 2019 2020 Jonathan Isaac at least not yet however he is probably at worst like a top three four defender on this roster currently like we're talking about Jalen Suggs 
Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, uh, you know, Gary Harris, like Jonathan Isaac, I think is is still like right around there with Markel, Wendell, Gary Harris. I think Jalen Suggs is probably the best defender on this team. Maybe we agree on that. Maybe we don't. But it's not like a huge drop off to get to Jonathan Isaac. Mm-hmm. And with other guys that we've had in the rotation, I don't want to name names. But adding Jonathan Isaac to this roster, if he's getting significant minutes, could be a big deal for this team. Like During the win streak, the Magic were incredible top 10 defensive rating. So far, in January so far, through, let's see, how many games is it? Nine games in January so far. The Magic have a defensive rating of 116.7, 22nd in defensive rating in the month of January. We've talked about this at nauseum. That is unacceptable for this roster, for this personnel group. I know we're going to talk about the Wizards game in a little bit, but like Saturday night was a, a perfect picture of this, of this team that should be really good defensively, just underperforming Luke. But like that is the area that Jonathan Isaac stands to make the biggest impact for this Magic team, and it could be a real difference maker. Yeah, um, I'm yeah, absolutely. I, there's offensively. I don't know what Jonathan Isaac will be. We still, even back in when he was healthy, we didn't know what he was going to be, but we did know what he was defensively. And uh, yeah, we, we need it badly. And like you said, we'll talk about it, but there's, there's a certain guy on the team right now. That's really irritating me in terms of the defensively. And I would love for Jonathan Isaac to kind of step right in and, and do what we expect of that player, but better. Like I know this, we're going to wrap up the JI conversation in just a second here, but we love Mo Wagner. Like we love the energy that he brings, um, but he's undersized as a five. He's not quite quick enough to be a four. We've talked about that a few times. And then Mo Bamba, who can be a great rim protector, but is just like really inconsistent on that end. And then Bull Bull. I said, I wasn't going to name names and here I am naming names. (laughs) Each of those three guys at times, have been defensive liabilities in this rotation. If the goal is for Jonathan Isaac long-term to be a five, if he is your backup five and is taking up Mo Wagner, Mo Bamba, Bull Bull minutes, that is going to greatly increase the defense of this team. All of a sudden, you have a legitimate defender who can rotate, who can switch, who can do all the things that Jamal Mosley and this staff want their players to be able to do, and then can still also protect the rim and then that gives you like another element offensively. I mean, Bull Bull, Jonathan Isaac is not the same player that Bull Bull is offensively, but I think he can give you just as much, if not more, than a Mo Wagner, than a Bull Bull. Not so much with the shooting, um, but other aspects of the game, you know, like actually like getting to the rim. So, um, yeah, super excited for Jonathan Isaac to come back. Magic fans should be rejoicing. Uh, if you're a fan of this team, regardless how you might feel about the kid personally, you should be rooting for Jonathan Isaac because Jonathan Isaac being good is good for the Orlando Magic. So welcome back, J.I. Luke, let's talk about our patrons. First of all, I want to shout out a very special patron of ours, our boy Armin, who was at the game Saturday night in Washington, brought a The Six Man Show patron sign, had our boy Terrence Ross, friend of the podcast, by the way, uh, sign this sign that Armin and his, his lovely girlfriend, Hannah, who, by the way, uh, handles all of our graphic design work. She does an awesome job. Uh, but that's love, man. To, to make a sign like that, to bring it out to a game, get it signed by players. Other people were tweeting like, oh, hey, I was going to tell you guys I saw this sign. So big shout out to Armin. Really, really appreciate the love. If any of y'all do anything crazy like that, like take pictures, send it to us. Obviously, we'll, we'll share that to our social media accounts. Uh, but we love all of our listeners, all of our supporters. We love our patrons. And uh, we love it when they show love back. So a big shout out to our boy, Armin. Really, really appreciate you, bro. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, uh, Patreon is a site where you can subscribe to your favorite podcasts, artists, uh, all kinds of things, um, just to help financially support them, do whatever it is that you love that they're doing. And our Patreon, which you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, uh, we have four tiers of benefits that you can choose from uh, that offer an array of different benefits. And those are all listed out on our Patreon page. You can read through those and decide what is the best tier for you. Uh, Part of our Hall of Fame tier and our Elite tier Patreon uh, is that we shout out those patrons on every single episode. So I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to start with our buddies 
over at Court Cousins. Again, our buddy Armin, uh, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Joseph Chubb, Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Bo Outlaw, Fan Wiffle, Michael Martin. Got to go to the next page here. Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Go to Fisho, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama. It's not OKK to say Okiki, Pierre A, Migzors, Nostalgia, and MMs, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Brian Leggins, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Ligon, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Brandon Grace, Chad 3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Fredo Nation, Shahin 177, Ryan Bowlby, Himlo Ban Himro, R Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Bank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, and Barry M. Dot, 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 dot. Shout out to Barry M. Appreciate you, bro. And shout out to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get into the state of the Magic, Luke. The Magic went one and one on this week. Uh, not many games. We had four days off at the beginning of the week, which was weird, but also kind of nice. But that brings them to a record of 17 and 29 on the season. They have the fifth worst record in the NBA. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference. Still four and a half games back of Chicago for the final playing spot. It's a small gap, but the gap is slowly starting to grow. Hopefully, Jonathan Isaac is going to re-energize uh, this team, this defense, and maybe we can win some games and start to close that gap here. So far on the season, the Magic have an offensive rating of 112.4, which is good for 24th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 114.8, which ranks 23rd in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 3.6, which is 26th in the league. Looking at the injury report, a big update. Jonathan Isaac is questionable for Monday's game against the Boston Celtics. Chuma OKK remains out after that left knee procedure that he had. Uh, right, he has resumed basketball activities now. It was funny. Last episode, we mentioned for a couple of seconds there how uh, it had been kind of the timetable the Magic uh, originally gave us of four weeks. They were going to update us, whatever was going on. We got an update. He hadn't resumed basketball activities. And then the very next day after that, we saw him on the court, I think just taking like set jumpers right now. So he's started to resume basketball activities. My guess is we probably won't see Chuma return to the lineup for at least another few weeks, Luke. Yeah, we'll see. It's been a long, long, long time since there's been just one player on the injury report. I don't know when it was, but I'm willing to bet it was a uh, it was multiple and multiple years ago. So it's nice. Greater to see. than three years ago. Yeah, no question. Yeah, pretty crazy to think that. But it is pretty encouraging. So, Luke, let's talk about this game on Friday night. 
against the New Orleans Pelicans. Franz Wagner, just a complete monster in this game, Luke. 30 points, 10 of 16 from the floor, hit five out of seven threes, added six rebounds, nine assists. The dude was legitimately doing everything. The Magic with a 13-point victory, 123 to 110 at home over the, the New Orleans Pelicans. No Zion, no Brandon Ingram. We don't freaking care. A win is a win is a win for the Orlando Magic. Um, this game was close uh, for the most part. Magic really able to turn things on in the fourth quarter, outscore the Pelicans 35-19 to 19 in that final quarter, and get the victory, Luke. The starters sucked in this game, aside from Franz Wagner. They were awful. But thankfully, in this one, Cole Anthony kind of rectified his, you know, late recent stretch of of dud games and all of those things and and gave us something to put it in perspective Paolo was a minus 15 in the plus or minus Wendell Carter Jr. minus 14 Fultz minus 12 Gary Harris minus 6 Franz Wagner plus 21 Mo Wagner plus 22 Bull plus 21 Cole Anthony plus 19 T Ross plus 16 so like the bench was the reason the Magic won this game. It was nothing to do with the Magic starters besides Franz Wagner. Dell goes one for eight. Um, Paolo, two for seven in 25 minutes. Got to the free throw line eight times, and that saved him, right? Like, he had 11 points. So three of those come from the floor. So, um, or f- sorry, four of those. So two buckets on the floor essentially is what what does that. So it's just, it was a frustrating game, but the magic win. And thankfully it was on the backs of Franz and Cole Anthony. But uh, yeah, anytime you can get a win, like you said, they had some key injuries out. The magic were actually favored in this one to win the game. But as we said a long time ago, we have stopped caring how many players are down. And as you said, a win is a win is a win. So, you know, like you mentioned, the bench was fantastic. Cole Anthony especially was fantastic. 22 points in the fourth quarter alone had 11 points. Three of four from the floor, one of two from behind the arc, four for four from the free throw line, two rebounds, two, two assists uh, in that fourth quarter. Led all Magic scores in the fourth quarter. Uh, really helped the Magic just kind of push out that cushion a little bit and get a little bit more comfortable and kind of coast to that win in the final minutes. But Luke, I wanted to ask you, uh, I feel like we haven't had this conversation in a while, and I feel like we've just been kind of being patient and just kind of waiting to see what happens with Cole over the course of this season. Now, you know, we're we're 45-plus games in. In 28 games this year, uh, Cole is averaging 11.6 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 4.2 assists. He's shooting 41.5% from the floor, 31% from the three-point line. He's shooting 90% from the free-throw line. Where are you right now with Cole Anthony? It's uh, whenever you have, whenever you describe somebody as like name, you know, X players, player experience, whenever you add experience to the end of their name, it's not usually a good thing. And what I mean by that is Cole could have a game like he had against the Pelicans. But then he has a stretch of games that he just doesn't perform well. It's like, well, that's the Cole Anthony experience. Cole Anthony is officially an experience. And I really, really was hoping that there was going to be an astronomical jump this year. It's year three. And and I don't really care. Like, I know he can score the ball, but can he do it efficiently? He, like you said, 41% from the field, 41.5% to give all credit, and 31% from three. Last year, Jonathan, he shot six threes a game and shot almost 34% from three. And this year, he's shooting just three and a half attempts per game and shooting worse. I don't know if it's just the, like, the, the, the things I can say, the positive is that he is incredible at rebounding the basketball which is a, an area the Magic struggle in greatly. But when it comes to Cole Anthony, if he is not contributing on the offensive side of the ball, he's 
a very much a negative. He has gotten better, and Kobe Price tweeted this out the other night, and I do agree that Cole has made strides as a weak side and help defender. And that was right after he had a block in the Wizards game against Rui Hachimura. So there's strides have been made, but he is still not a good defender by any means. His size limits him. I'm sure he's tired of that, but his size does limit him. And like I said, if he's not putting the ball into the hoop, you're probably frustrated with Cole Anthony that night. He's he's going to shoot. And uh, unfortunately, more times than not this year and in his career as a Magic, it's not a great thing when he is shooting. I would say for me with Cole Anthony, it's not about like the ability. We know he has the ability to be a great scorer. We're talking about a guy who... Uh, can seemingly get to his spots and create space at will. Uh, it's all about the finishing the play, you know, m- m- shot making with Cole Anthony. That's that's what it's always going to be about. Uh, to a certain extent, it's it's decision making. You know, like sometimes, you know, you can kind of tell if he has it or doesn't have it that night. And sometimes it feels like he's going to try to shoot his way, you know, out of that. You know, we, we've seen you know three uh, of thirteen you know, performance on the year, uh, you know, six of 18, two of 10, you know, those are, I, I, I'm, I am kind of cherry picking here. Those are his worst shooting performances of the year. Um, but his, his confidence at, at some point is almost a weakness. He's so confident that he's going to make the next shot and you want that in a player, right? Like you want them to believe that the next shot that they take is going in, but it's obvious that some nights he just doesn't have it. And he does have a tendency to settle for jump shots Cole Anthony is at his best one when the jump shot is falling, uh, falling. Obviously, that opens up everything else for Cole. Um, but when he's able to attack the rim and finish efficiently at the rim, that's always going to be the very best version of Cole Anthony. We saw this, so we're, we're talking about this game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Twenty-two points, sixty-six percent from the floor, fifty percent from the three-point line. Didn't miss a free throw. Uh, adding rebounds, adding assists, just kind of doing it all for the Magic. But those performances from Cole are, um, I, I don't want to say like few and far between, but it's like one out of every four, one out of every five games, Cole Anthony does that on a somewhat consistent basis. The other games, you know, just like let's let's go back to uh, January 7th against the Golden State Warriors. In 30 minutes, 16 points, 6 of 9 from the floor, 2 of 4 from behind the arc, uh, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. Uh, but then follows that up with a three of 13 shooting performance, uh, eight points, uh, two of six for six points, one for four, one of seven, six of nine. And then last night against the Washington Wizards, three of seven. So Cole can do it. It's just about him doing it on a consistent basis. And I think when we talk about is his long-term role as a starter in this league or as a player coming in off of the bench, that's what separates really good starters in this league from bench players or role players. The ability to do it on a night in and night out basis. And Cole Anthony, you know, he he feels like he's proven to be a starter in this league. I don't believe that right now. I don't think that he has proven that he is a starter in this league. Does he have the ability to do it? Yes. But for Cole, it's really just going to be about the consistency. Like, I'm not giving up on Cole Anthony. Last year, I tried to give him a pass, you know, after he had that great start to the season, started to have like the ankle issues, and then was just never the same player. I was like, okay, maybe he was just never got right last year, but we kind of saw the same thing this year. Didn't get off to like a, a crazy good start, but wasn't terrible by any means at the beginning of the year. Uh, but then has the torn oblique, you know, and, and misses, I believe it was like 15 games. And now Cole's been back for like 22 or, or, or 23 games. Um, and since, you know, we joke 2021, 2022, October, November, Cole Anthony, since October, November of 2021, we have not seen Cole get back to that level. So when we're talking about where does he fall, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Like we've seen the absolute highs of Cole Anthony. We've seen the absolute lows of Cole Anthony. He figures out the consistency and can be somewhere in the middle. He can be a, a 20 point per game score, you know, shooting like 45% from the floor. That's going to be, in my opinion, like the best version of Cole Anthony. So I'm not giving up on Cole, um, but I think his biggest issue right now is just being consistent. Yeah, and it stinks, and I'm sure that the people who love Cole Anthony, and granted, the person... Oh, definitely getting YouTube comments. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. The people, the, the Cole Anthony, you know, truthers are their their pitchforks are out, and it and it it's frustrating, right, to see a player that you love get ridiculed when he had a twenty two point game on good efficiencies, but you said the highs and lows, and you alluded to that. The highs are really high, and the lows are incredibly low, which is why, despite the highs you have with him, he still shoots 41% from the field. And it's not like he's shooting 41% from the field on 20 points a game. He He's not shooting like, uh, like we would have maybe thought after seeing year one where he shoots, or last year where he shoots 14 a game. His role has changed. If he could be scoring almost 12 points a game like he is now, but on 45, 46% from the field, we would take it. And the truth of the matter is, this is the first year that he has shot over 40% from the field. It's year three. I'm I'm not getting sucked into this again, where where I let a player just like get a pass after pass after pass and keep thinking this is the year that he that he breaks out. I'm not getting stuck in it. We so did right it with now, Aaron Gordon, we did it with Mo Bamba. Well, yes, exactly. Which is why I said I'm not I'm not doing that again. So if y'all want to stay on the train, that is fine. But personally, I will not be tore up if Cole Anthony gets traded, whether it be at deadline, something on draft night. I just won't. Uh, I don't like tying myself to these players that just consistently show me why I shouldn't trust them. And then I just go with my heart and say, no, I'm going to trust that they're going to break out. It just doesn't feel that way. The trend is not up and to the right with Cole Anthony. And uh, if he goes somewhere else and thrives, great. But right now, we've got a lot of young guys. you got to make decisions on who to keep and, and, and develop and who to cut ties with and say, if they turn out, great. But if not, like, it, but even if they do, we won't be hurting because we have a great young core anyway. We'll see. And people have talked about this, you know, to a certain extent, you know, about Jalen Suggs. Like it, it right now, it's just kind of what, like what is Jalen's role right now? Like recently they've been playing him as the, like the sixth man, but like when he comes in, like he's not like really facilitating, facilitating the offense. Like whoever he's on the floor with, if it's Markel or Franz or Paolo, like the ball is still very much going through their hands He's playing, you know, off the ball a lot. Obviously, he's still guarding the other team's best perimeter defender. But like, are you going to you know, try to make Jalen into this guy that can be a lead guard? You know, the Magic have two what are probably going to be pretty pretty good lottery picks coming up in this draft. Um, and if you're at that like top top of the draft, like the Thompson twins are there. If you're high enough to select, you know, Scoot Henderson. Um, you know, there's a, a plethora of really good guards at the top of this draft. And, you know, if you're the magic, you know, are you going to, uh, you know, continue to, you know, invest in, you know, Cole Anthony, who they spent, uh, you know, uh, I think it was I think it was the 16th pick or mm-hmm. was that Chuma? I don't remember who was 15, who was 16 there. Think- um, but you spend a, a pick on them in the teens. Are you going to continue to, you know, uh, invest time and playing time into those guys? Or are you going to lean more into Jalen Suggs who you took with the the, the fifth pick? Are you going to, you know, if it's a Scoot Henderson or a, you know, one of the Thompson twins, another guy that you, you know, went with the a, a top, you know, five pick, and then you have Markel Fultz, who uh, after next year is going to be a free agent. You're going to have to make a decision there. Like we all agree that right now Markel Fultz is by far the best guard on this team. I don't know why you would want to part ways with him if you had to make a decision between Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. To me, that's a pretty easy decision. You go with Markel Fultz. So. I'm not giving up on Cole Anthony, but I, I would agree with you, Luke. I'm I'm not going to get stuck in this cycle of, oh, no, this is the year. Oh, no, this is the year. Oh, no, this is the year. Because we, we have done that, and Cole right now, at least, seems to be continuing that trend. It could change, but it doesn't look likely right now. Don't forget, folks, we got this win on Friday against the New Orleans Pelicans. I hope on Saturday that you got 50% off Papa John's with code MAGICWIN because every victory the next day, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. I sprung for it early in the day. I went with lunch and then heated it up a little bit later on as I watched my New York Giants get absolutely demolished while I watched my Orlando Magic get absolutely demolished. It was not a great Saturday for your boy, but make sure that you guys take uh, advantage of that Papa John's offer after every Magic victory. 
Luke, let's talk about the Magic's worst defensive performance of the year against the Washington Wizards. The Magic give up 138 points, allowing the Wizards to shoot 53% from the floor, 52% from the three-point line, make 18 out of their 25 free throws. Magic lost this game shooting 46% from the floor, shooting 41% from the three-point line. They made 14 threes in this game, shot 83% from the free-throw line, only had 10 turnovers in this game. 118 points, Luke, for this Orlando Magic team needs to be good enough to win games. Saturday night, it was not because the Magic's defense was completely, utterly non-existent. Yeah. um, Frustrating, uh, to say the least. The Magic just like ran right out of the gates. You have Franz who had three first quarter fouls. Chris Tapps Porzingis is doing whatever he wants when it comes to getting to the free throw line. It shoots KP shoots 10 free throws in this game. Double digits free throws are just ridiculous to me. Uh, Kuzma lights you up. Anybody wanted a bucket, they could get it. Mo Wagner played eight minutes, but still ended as a minus 11 playing that Olay defense, right? Like the, it just pitiful um, to say the least. It stinks that you have to even say it, but you do. Everyone says it. You're not going to win many games giving up 138. There was no part of this game that was fun. Uh, you got had it to nine going, got it, you know, cut it to nine going into the fourth quarter. And the Wizards almost put up 40 in the fourth to basically obviously put you away, win this game by 20. Just, I don't know what, what was going on. There just wasn't any effort. I mean, there wasn't any besides. Let's see, I'm looking at, you know, plus minus here. You're not getting much. That's good. A lot of minus 11s. You can tell who played together. A lot of minus 17s. I think one of my biggest takeaways as of late, Jonathan, is how badly the Magic need to consolidate. Because you're playing, just because guys deserve minutes on your roster doesn't mean it's a good thing. Magic are playing like 11, 12 guys on any given night. Last night, the whole active roster gets like gets minutes. What you had 12 guys play. I know Admiral only scored, you know, not scored, played two minutes, but Mo Wagner still gets eight. That's not nothing. That's eight minutes, right? Like that's three fourths of a, of the quarter of a quarter in totality. Like you bowl plays 16, Bomba plays 20, Cole plays 22, T Ross, 24, Suggs, 13, at some point, you got to consolidate and get more towards like a postseason-minded roster. I know right now that is not the case, but come the postseason, the game slows down. You play a tight rotation, eight to nine guys. I'm really wanting and longing for the day that we get to see that, where like guys can get in a rhythm. The rotations are rough, and I know it's just because they're trying to develop and things like that. But Mosley's rotations are are not awesome. And uh, it's been a glaring issue here as of late as he's trying to figure out this roster. And it's only going to get muddier with Jonathan Isaac coming back. So I don't know. I think that we probably see some rough games coming up as Moe's, you know, adjust to having Jonathan Isaac back. And like, who do I play? Who's just getting out of rotation here? There's so many questions that I have. And all of the Magic problems were on full display and the 20-point loss to the Wizards. Yeah, not only is it like who I play, but it's like who do I play together? Mm-hmm. When do I sub them in? When do I sub them out? In which, what order do I sub them in, sub them out? We've talked about this for like eight months now. He's going to have so many difficult decisions once this roster is healthy. And then remember, we also have Chuma Okeke, who hopefully it will come back in the next month or so. It's just going to get harder. Jamal Mosley's you know, rotations on any given night, it's just like it's a crapshoot. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're awful. Mm-hmm. Saturday night versus the Wizards, they were completely awful. Friday night against the Pelicans, I thought they were great. He made the decision to stick with that bench unit late into the fourth quarter, who was playing really well, uh, kept the Magic lead and extended the lead, as a matter of fact. 
So when he stuck with that bench unit, I was like, okay, we're this could go really bad, and it worked out. So I want to give credit where credit is due. I know we can be critical when things aren't great. I want to give credit to Jamal Mosley because he did a great job on Friday night. But you are correct. It's just kind of like flip a coin, like whether or not they're going to be good, good on a nightly basis. And I don't think the blame is just completely on Jamal. He's dealing with a very difficult situation with guys in and out of the lineup. Hopefully, we're just going to be getting guys back in the lineup. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, he'll be able to kind of figure that out and fine tune that and figure out how this team is going to have success and just be able to ride with that for the first time in literally three plus years of a magic roster. Not only uh, Jamal Mosey, but you know, Steve Clifford had this problem to a certain extent as well of just not having guys available that you need healthy if this team is going to be good. So, but I say all of that to say this, I don't care what the rotations look like. I don't care who's on the floor. 138 points, a, a season high for the magic, you know, an opponent, uh, points. You said the Magic wouldn't win many games like this. The Magic would not have won a single game this season, <laughs> giving up 138 points a night. The Magic's highest score this season was 135 points that they scored against the Atlanta Hawks on December 14th, where they had the 50 point first quarter. You give up 70 points in the first half to this Wizards team, you, you give up 68 points in the second half to this Wizards team, who, for the majority of the second half, we're playing without Chris Saps Porzingis, by the way, by the way, who left this game with an injury. So this has just been the most frustrating thing for me all season long is that this team should be so much better defensively. And you talked about Mo Wagner with the Ole defense, Bull Bull with the Ole defense, Cole Anthony at times with the Ole defense. As guys get healthy and we can consolidate this roster a little bit and say, okay, these are the eight, nine, or even I would be okay with 10 guys. Like 11, 12 guys is a little bit ridiculous. I know he's always kind of searching for a spark mm-hmm. and, and looking for a lineup that is going to work or a matchup that is going to work to try to win the games. That is very admirable. Uh, but you don't see that around the NBA for a reason. Like it's hard for guys to get into a rhythm uh, with an 11-man rotation. It's just not really conducive to winning. So yeah. I am also looking forward to that. You know, people have started to ask us questions about the trade deadline, even though that is, you know, quickly approaching in the next few weeks here. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, you know, we know Terrence Ross is a guy who is expiring. Gary Harris and Mo Bamba are both guys that the Magic could move on from in the summer if they choose to do so. So if you find a team who is looking to open up cap space going into the summer, those are going to be, you know, tools that you can use to do that. So I think the Magic do need to consolidate the roster, uh, and they need to make some decisions probably sooner rather than later. Like, is mm-hmm. it? Are you investing in Cole Anthony? Are you investing in Jalen Suggs? If so, then why is Terrence Ross still playing like twenty three minutes in these games? Like, I love Terrence Ross. I want Terrence Ross to be on this roster forever, but maybe he shouldn't be playing right now. You know, if the yeah. goal is to see what you have with some of these younger guys, so the Magic mm-hmm. have a lot to figure out. Luckily, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have the answers. We watch, we observe, and we uh, we comment on. Yeah, for sure. I want to add one more thing about this Wizards game because this game made me mad. Like the, in ten I, turnovers, how are you losing this game? That so badly that's with that's exactly turnovers? that's exactly what I was going to get to. The Magic have eleven turnovers in this game. Are you looking at and ESPN or NBA.com? ESPN. We have NBA.com has ten. You guys need to get it together. Is is NBA.com right or is ESPN.com right? Because Luke and I always have different numbers. What does it have for the Wizards turnovers? For the Wizards turnovers, it has eight. Great. Okay, so we we can say that that is how many turnovers it had. My the ESPN that I use has it as as it, at eight. That is exactly how you lose this game by twenty points. It does not matter how low your turnover rate is if you are not forcing turnovers. Rui Hachimura is a great talent, but him dropping 30 on our head off the bench is inexcusable. This is where a Jonathan Isaac would be beneficial. He is going to deter guys like Rui from even trying or thinking about getting to the rim, much like a Wendell Carter Jr. is able to do while he's in the paint. So, man, that is is the issue. That's exactly how you lose this game by 20 with 10 or 11 turnovers. 
you don't do anything to force turnovers. The Magic are a young team. We want to see them get out and run eight fast break points. Eight. And no world should a team with this much energy and this young have that many have that only that many fast break points. One more bone to pick, Jonathan, in regard to this game, and then we'll get out of here unless you've got more. The the one more thing that I want to I screw you NBA scheduling. Screw you. We we play at home and then the next night we're in DC. Just like that. And it's like, hey, good luck, have fun. You know what I mean? So what are we doing? Why is this a thing? I know we limit back-to-backs. We've done things to improve, yada, yada, yada. But giving us, like, I know we're young, but good Lord, like having us go to D.C. and then get trampled by 20, I am not saying that that is the excuse. You should never lose, give up 138 points. I don't care if you play five nights in a row. But this did not help this team. And and as Philip Rossman and Reich always refers to these type of games, it's a scheduled loss. You just know. So, especially after the Magic got it out to win again, you know, against the Pel- against the Pelicans, and it's just ridiculous. That was my last point. I screw you, NBA. Well, we're on the opposite end of that this week. So let's talk about the week ahead. Uh, I don't remember what we said last week. I don't know who was. I think did I win this week? What did know. you say? I thought I said I thought I had us beating the Pelicans. I'm sure Kevin will let us know after the fact. Let's talk about the week ahead here. So on Monday, the Magic face off against the Boston Celtics, as you guys are listening to this, the return of Jonathan Isaac uh, off Tuesday uh, versus Indiana at home on Wednesday. That game tips off at 7 o'clock. Then Friday, you're in Miami to take on the dirty, stinking, freaking heat. Uh, That game tips off at 8 o'clock. And then on Saturday, you're back home for the Chicago Bulls, which I know Luke will be in attendance for. True. So I will go first. So this week I have the Magic going two and two. Uh, I think you get a pop from Jonathan Isaac coming back. You're at home. You beat the Boston Celtics, who uh, are going to be without Malcolm Brogdon, without Robert Williams, without Marcus Smart, it looks like. And then on Wednesday, Luke, uh, we're facing off against the Indiana Pacers, who have a home road back-to-back like we did versus the Pelicans and Wizards. They're at home versus the Bulls on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesday, they're in Orlando to take on the Magic. So I have the Magic picking up both of those games to start the week and then losing in Miami and then uh, Saturday at home versus the Bulls. Okay. I'm I'm going one and three. I'm saying you win that. I know. I'm saying you win the Pacers game because of the scheduled loss. So in that respect, thank you, NBA. But uh, still screw you. The Celtics game, Jonathan Isaac's return, I would love to believe there's going to be a pop, and I believe the, the crowd will bring I it. Know what you're be I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. But the Boston Celtics, they want revenge for what you did to them. At home, Eddie House, I'm looking at you, big boy. So we'll see what happens this week. But I, I would love nothing more after all that stuff that happened to beat the Boston Celtics and the return of Jonathan Isaac. I just am not feeling super optimistic after getting blown up by 20. So we'll see. Celtics won't revenge, like I said. So I'm going one and three. The Heat, they play Tuesday night on TNT, yeah. I think. And then they don't play again till us on Friday. Good night. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with that one and three only when coming against the Pacers. So I was wrong. I thought you were going to point to the fact that the Celtics have won their last nine in a row. Yeah, that, that, that helps. They're due for a loss. That's how I mm. feel. They're due. Mm. They're due for a loss. We have their number this year so far. Let's get this win and let's win the season series against the Celtics. I would we didn't that. get the pop when Markel Fultz came back. The magic lost that game. There's any game that you're going to get up for against the number one team in the East. I think they're the number one team in the NBA right now. They are. You already beat them twice on their home floor. So I'm going two and two. I'm optimistic. Uh, you need it. You need it, Jonathan, because yeah. like we said, this gap is growing and the game's back. You know, looking at it, four and a half right now. 
Bulls have a I have a, a pretty favorable stretch coming up. You have to uh you have to win some games. You have to beat the Bulls on Saturday, no doubt. That would be I sick. Would, I would love nothing more than a three and one type of week. A man can dream, but um the magic need it. So we'll see. Uh it gets it gets a little dark, I think, Jonathan, if the Magic have a bad week this week. In terms yeah, of yeah, one and three, zero oh and four week will be will be feeling pretty bad. Uh, yeah, the, discussions the will start to change, I believe, but we'll see. Yeah. Oh, hey, some personal news, really quickly. I don't know if you all care. I'm not going to be on the next episode because oh, hopefully, I will finally be moving into the house that my wife and I have been building for the last two years. So it'll be my boy Luke here and our buddy producer Kevin uh, guiding you all. So I'll be on the Thursday episode. I won't be on next Monday's episode. So if there is a really rough week, at least I won't have to come on here and talk about it with this guy. That's true. You're you're lucky, but I know it'll kill you not to be recording on Sunday. That is true. But, uh, but there's nothing but I can do because we'll I won't have internet. So it's true. There is nothing you can do. But uh, yeah, so you know, no Jonathan. So tune in, producer Kevin. We know you love him. You'll at least tune in for him. I hope, even if the Magic have a bad week. Jonathan Isaac is back tonight, folks. Uh, if you're in the area, get your butt to Amway and show that man your love and support. It's going to be a special night. I hope I'm able to be there, but it's going to be a special night regardless. And let's get a freaking W. That would be amazing. Well, that's going to do it for us for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go!